Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast. It's the 10th of January, 2023. I'm Andy Eubank, and the podcast is brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. They're online, ffbt.com to learn more. It's the American Farm Bureau Annual Convention, and Eric Pfeiffer spoke with Randy Crone, Indiana Farm Bureau President, for an update. C.J. Miller also has news from the AFBF Convention. In the market yesterday, a sell-off analysis coming with John Zanker. And Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin says more mild weather for the month of January. This is the Hat Morning Podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's uh, Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. (laughs) (laughs) To agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. (laughs) Listen now on all platforms. John Deere giving you the right to repair and more news from the American Farm Bureau Convention. I'm Eric Pfeiffer and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Big news coming out of Puerto Rico in the American Farm Bureau Convention. Farm Bureau and John Deere announced that they've reached a memorandum of understanding that will allow farmers to repair their own equipment. I think it's a game changer because, you know, working on equipment has been a challenge. And that's Indiana Farm Bureau President Randy Crone chatting with Hoosier Ag today from Puerto Rico on Monday. The diagnostics tools that you need, they haven't made available. You have to go to a Deere dealer. So now that is going to be available to independent mechanics and to farmers. So they'll be able to work on their own equipment if they want to and if they're qualified. But this is a huge move. Crone, who is also on the American Farm Bureau Board of Directors, says this announcement follows a years-long effort by a Farm Bureau task force assembled by President Zippy Duval to address the issue. Crone says the work isn't quite done yet, though. The hope is now we'll see how it plays out that once they, they've gone down this path, the others will fall in, in line. But well, time will tell. But they, the other ones kind of told us, you got to get, if you can get this past deer, I think they'll come along. So it will be, you know, we're talking John Deere now, but I think you're going to see down the road, it will probably be all implement companies. Crone says Indiana is having a phenomenal convention and has been represented well. Indiana discussion meet winner Rachel Hyde finished in the final four of the national contest. Carter and Abby Morgan finished in the top ten for the Excellence in Ag competition. And Isabella Chisholm, second vice president of Indiana Farm Bureau, was re-elected chair of the American Farm Bureau Women's Leadership Committee. Another reason for Farm Bureau's annual convention is to agree upon policies for the coming year. C.J. Miller reports why Farm Bureau has been against recently proposed changes in immigrant ag labor. Well, Eric, the U.S. Senate last year failed to advance the Affordable and Secure Food Act, a bill that some thought would be the best chance for farm labor reform in decades. 
The House had passed a similar bill more than a year earlier. Both bills sought to modify the current H-2A work visa program and would have also established a program for immigrants who were ag workers, along with their spouses and minor children, to earn legal status. It just wasn't enough, and it didn't go far enough to provide enough workers for all of agriculture. And that's Zippy Duval, president of the American Farm Bureau Federation, who also opposed the legislation. We are very concerned about the wage rate formula because we don't think it's sustainable. It's outgrowing the cost anywhere across the country, and we want to make sure that we have time to work on that formula that calculates that wage rate. We have to do better and we must do better to make sure that it is sustainable for the farmer and for the workers. Sam Kiefer, Farm Bureau's Vice President of Public Policy, says there are other issues within farm labor that also need addressed. Our membership does support E-Verify. However, when E-Verify is hanging over the heads of producers without sufficient number of visas for the workforce that is already here, that is a concern. Kiefer says that Farm Bureau will continue to engage with federal lawmakers to find a solution for farm labor reform. We have been actively engaged for the last 18 months specifically with Senators Bennett and Crapo, and we remain committed to working with any legislator in either chamber to find the solutions to work for all of agriculture. Farm Bureau delegates are scheduled to set their policy priorities for the new year during their annual convention on Tuesday. I'm C.J. Miller. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer. Who's your ag today? Indiana's Farm Network. Mild the rare, trying to take control here over the course of the next couple of days. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. Let's take a look at that forecast update for your Tuesday. We are seeing milder air here, but it's also coming with some cloud cover, particularly northern areas of the state. I won't even rule out a spit or a sprinkle. I don't think it's a major deal, but definitely seeing clouds around as the warm air comes in. The warm air solidifies its hold on the region tomorrow as we are above normal. But tomorrow we see a chance of some scattered spit sprinkle activity in central and southern Indiana. So both days, today and tomorrow, clouds are going to be the number one feature. If you see sunshine, hey, call it a bonus. I'm not going to be upset at that, but... Uh, we see more clouds than anything else. Both of these cloudy days with the warm air are precursors to a very wet Thursday. Rain and thunderstorm activity moving through as low pressure crosses right across Indiana. Quarter to one inch rainfall totals. The question mark right now is whether or not we see any snow as the precipitation ends. And that comes down to how fast this cold air comes rushing in. At this point, I think we make it easily to sunset with full rain. But that sunset to midnight to 3 a.m. time frame, that's where I'm looking at this and saying there can be some sloppy wet snow. And if we have sloppy wet snow, we would be looking at accumulation on grassy surfaces or insulated surfaces, probably not roads. So just pay attention to that. We'll zero in on it closer again in about 24 hours. But I do believe rain ends as snow overnight Thursday night into early Friday morning. The balance of Friday is cloudy and colder. We may see some breaks in the clouds mid to late afternoon. Saturday is chilly as well with mixed clouds and sunshine. Moving into Sunday, we see chilly temperatures to start, followed by warming late in the day. Next Monday is mild, but clouds increase. Overnight next Monday night through Tuesday, rain is back another quarter to one inch with coverage around 80% of Indiana. And we can see that follow up with a second wave of moisture Tuesday night through Wednesday, another quarter to three quarters of an inch of rain there. And we follow that up with maybe 
another round of moisture before cooler air tries to come in toward the end of the week. The cool air seems to be locked north of I-80 to I-90 over parts of the upper Midwest and the northern plains. That's a look at your forecast update. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. A sell-off to open up the new week, but it was very quiet in the grain and oil seed markets. I'm Andy Eubank. This is Who's Your Ag Today in the Monday Farm Market Review. Brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. Big enough to get the top corn and soybean genetics you want and small enough to care about you. Learn more at SeedGeneticsDirect.com. Settlements from Monday trade coming up. First market analysis. And for that, I checked in on Monday with John Zanker at Risk Management Commodities. John, not a lot of movement in the corn and wheat markets Almost an unusually flat day there, although we had a couple of those last week as well. The beans down about a nickel as we open trade in what will be a full week of trade. But it was almost a risk-on sentiment across stocks and many other commodities. Not the grain markets, though. Why? We just keep having this forecast in South America that's offsetting to some extent, um, especially for soybeans. Uh, we're going to lose some bushels in Argentina. I think it's we're, we're to the point where you can say it's going to happen. Uh, will it be 5 million tons? Will it be 10 million tons? Um, obviously a big difference to the market between those two numbers. But uh, at 5 million tons, uh, we could see that offset by a 20 million ton gain in Brazilian uh, production. So uh, 10 million tons offset. So it's just hard to get bullish here, Andy, for the trade. And there's always just a little bit of rain in the forecast. It's it's not a soaking rain. It's uh, not a definite shift to cooler and wetter, but there's always a little bit there. And uh, nothing can ruin a good, a good drought faster than rain being in the forecast, no matter what the quantity is. So um, for corn, there's just, uh, other than Argentina, there is just about nothing to be bullish about right now, Andy. And uh, exports are terrible, export sales, export shipments, uh, domestic grind for ethanols starting to slide back. Uh, we had a really big slide in ethanol, uh, corn for ethanol usage last week, um, one of the lowest weeks in months, sharply lower than the previous week by 12 million bushels and um, sharply below the five-year average. So uh, we have some work to do. It's uh, getting a little bit concerning, especially for corn. And in soybeans, a bounce on Friday. Export sales report probably helpful there, but overdue maybe also for a correction. But it, as it turns out, was a one-day deal. Yeah, uh, sales were decent for this time of the year. Shipments were decent for this time of the year. The sales are actually running ahead of the pace now that we need. Uh, of course, that might change if Brazil uh, pops off a crop that's over 150 million bushels, and that's uh, 150 million tons, I should say. That's certainly possible, if not getting close to likely. Um, but, you know, I just, uh, shipments, not quite up to the pace. So uh, that could be a situation where we see China and some other countries cancel sales as soon as they get comfortable with uh, Brazilian weather and a little more comfortable with Argentine weather. So, um, you know, we'll continue to uh, keep keep old crop sales moving along. Um, it's somewhere in between here and the $15 mark, and 
we like making uh, new crop sales over the $14 mark. Thursday, John, the USDA reports. So what are your expectations there? Oh, it's been a big market mover in the past. And in fact, limit up days, limit down days were more common than not there for a stretch of five or six years. And uh, last several years certainly uh, have seen some market action, some significant market action. I'm not sure we're going to this time. Uh, we raised the corn yield a little bit in November after lowering it in September and October. And historically, once you break that trend, it's hard to get it back. So I could see them adding a little bit to the corn yield. And uh, this is not a good time for that to happen, given that uh, not much else is going on. I think they're going to have to lower the exports by 50 to 75 million. So now we're pushing that carryout up over 1.3 billion. And that's probably uh, a little bit too high to support prices much above where, where we currently are. Soybeans, I don't see much of a change in anything. Uh, I think it's too early to lower exports given uh, that our sales pace is on target. Uh, crush is good. So I think though, uh, I think that 220 million bushel carryout will be not changed much at noon on Thursday. John Zanker there, Risk Management Commodities in Lafayette. John's number is 866-837-9027. On the Hat Farm Market Review, it was mostly lower in the grains and oil seeds. March corn, 652 and three quarters, a penny and a quarter down. May down an even penny, 653. July also down one cent, 647 and a quarter. March beans, 1488 and a half down four. May down five. 1493 and a half July down six at 1495 and three quarters and March wheat 741 and a half a two cent loss the meat markets did work higher throughout the trading session February live cattle settling 97 cents higher at 157.75 February lean hogs eighty dollars eighty cents up 52 cents I'm Andy Eubank with the Monday market review this is who's your ag today Indiana's leading farm radio network